Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Shelf help with a dash of humor. I believe the humor is one of our best coping mechanisms, especially when we're facing stress. Today's podcast is sponsored by Truel Social. Truel Social knows to be visible online, you have to be fully committed in who you are and what you do. You must adopt the right mindset. Steer your ship to the SS Optimization and Truel Social to get your sailing on course. Check them out, truelsocial.com. All right, well, you know what? The great news about doing this job is that you get to tune into when you have a passion for radio, when you have a passion for entertainment, you get to tune into some really cool podcasts, aside from, you know, this one. But uh, one that I've been recently listening to, Lost at the Smithsonian by Asif Monvi. I have to thank my friend Reggie for putting me on to this. He's a former correspondent of A Daily Show. And of course, the Smithsonian Institution, the world's largest museum and research complex, the total number of artifacts, works of art, and natural science specimens in the collection. Okay, the museums span, they're mostly all in Washington, D.C., but there's a couple in New York City and Virginia, but over 155 million items. Um, What Ossif has done is awesome. And that is he's taken uh, a a small piece of the Smithsonian uh, because, you know, they have things like, of course, a 3.5 billion year old fossil. They have the space shuttle discovery. They have the ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz. They have ancient Chinese bronzes uh, to presidential paintings. But what Ossip has done is taken some of the, the I think, the cooler items, uh, some of the entertainment items that are really fun, like the, uh, the silver suits that the Bee Gees wore. Fun fact about the Bee Gees, when Saturday Night Fever came out, you know, the theaters just went crazy. They weren't expecting this kind of a hit. And people were dancing in the aisles. They went to the movies dressed up. They were dancing in the aisles. They had to call the cops at a lot of these theaters because they needed, they needed crowd control. Uh, so the, the, the Bee Gees episode was really fascinating. The silver suits from the Bee Gees Smithsonian also has uh, the chairs from All in the Family, Archie and Edith's chairs. Uh, which apparently were bought for something like $13 at some, you know, some garage sale and ended up being these uh, these pieces on a show, uh, these iconic pieces on a show. Uh, but the episode that really kind of jumped out for me was Phyllis Diller's Joke Files. Now, Phyllis Diller, you know, a lot of people don't know how she started, when she started, but really she was this iconic comedian who was uh, an inspiration for people like Joan Rivers, uh, Roseanne Barr, Ellen DeGeneres, and there's tons of her jokes from uh, from the 50s and 60s. I mean, she did a lot of voiceover work. She lived until she was 95 years old, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Barbara Streisand was one of her opening acts. 
and a really fascinating lady. But anyway, uh, her jokes are uh, tremendous. And a lot of people say, oh, this is the uh, ba-dum-bum kind of jokes. Well, guess what? People like Joan Rivers and before Joan Rivers, Phyllis Diller, they didn't have the luxury that we have as comedians now. You go up there, you have your, your little bit of storytelling, then you tell a joke. You have a story, you tell a joke. Stories, schmories, are you kidding me? These guys cut their teeth on uh, at, at on the stages at strip clubs, okay? They were opening before they brought on the strippers. Do you think guys wanted to see anybody talking on stage, much less a woman? So you had to be fast. You had to be rapid fire. And that's where that kind of, um, that's kind of where that format came from. So just looking at some of her old jokes, uh, my photographs don't do me justice. They look just like me. Burt Reynolds once asked me out. I was in his room. When God was handing out chins, I thought he said gin. I asked for a double. Great iconic jokes by Phyllis Diller. And I was super impressed. What I didn't know, and again, I have to give a uh, major shout out to this podcast, Lost at the Smithsonian, was that Phyllis Diller did not have an easy life. Uh, She was married a number of times. She had five kids. At one point, she was almost homeless. One of her kids had uh, had special needs. She was almost homeless. Her and her husband and her kids, they were living out of shopping bags at one point, uh, going from place to place. And it's her husband who said to her, you know, you should try out stand-up comedy. You're really funny. Um, and she's an accomplished artist. I mean, she's this amazing pianist. At one time, she wanted to be a uh, professional piano player. And a number of times later on in her career, she would play the piano. People were blown away. But going right back to the beginning, her husband said, look, you're a really funny person. We need the money. Can you do stand-up comedy? And she just started working the little, uh, like I said, you know, strip clubs, maybe a place that might have stand-up comedy one night of the week but very quickly she rose through the ranks and uh, she made really decent money like I said she has become the inspiration for uh, many of uh, yesterday's comics as well as today's comics including Ellen DeGeneres and we just wouldn't be able to do what we're doing on stage had it not been for somebody like Phyllis Diller who has her joke files at the Smithsonian Uh, Now, as I said, it was tough cutting your teeth at these rooms that just didn't want to see you on stage. She said there weren't any other female comedians that she could uh, that she could riff with, that she could share material with. So she just did what she thought was the thing to do at the time. She dressed up in these outlandish outfits. She had these little boots. She wore wigs. She wore gloves. And of course, she had that cackling voice and that cackling laugh that we uh, we recognize in, in so many movies. She was the queen in A Bug's Life. Her voice was used as Granny Neutron in The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Thelma Griffin in The Family Guy. She was one of the first celebrities to talk openly about her plastic surgery. But the main thing is, it was a lot of self-deprecating humor. It's like, you know what? And people nowadays say, hey, that's out of, you know, that's out of style. Guess what? In those days, you made fun of yourself because that rough, rough crowd was going to scream stuff at you. So it's like, you know what? I'm in on the joke. Here's the interesting fact, though, about Phyllis Diller that I thought was truly inspiring. And that is, yes, she had five kids. One of her kids was, like I said, special needs. Uh, Her and uh, one of her husbands were nearly homeless. He encouraged her to get into stand-up comedy. 
that husband eventually went on to be the inspiration and interact for Fang. Part of his characteristics were <laughs> in the in the character Fang that she did on stage. But Phyllis Diller, somebody gave her a book called The Magical Book of Believing. And she read it over and over again. And it was written by a gentleman by the name of uh, Claude Bristol. Claude M. Bristol lived between 1891 and 1951. He worked for nearly 40 years as a newspaper reporter and editor. And after serving in the First World War, he became an advocate for the rights of veterans, whom he believed could better attain success in civilian life by harnessing the powers of the mind. He was one of the pioneers of positive thinking. Quotes like, you are the product of your own thought. What you believe yourself to be, you are. Thought attracts that upon which it is directed. Thought is the original source of all wealth, all success, all material gain, all great discoveries and inventions, and all achievement. And when his book came out, The Magic of Believing, it was pretty new. It was pretty out there. And yet Phyllis Diller was one of the people who read this book for two years before she had the courage to believe in herself. And she attributes this book to changing her life. So whether it is just pure determination, it is pure grit, it is pure talent, or maybe it's a little bit of influence by the author Claude Bristol, The Magic of Believing. You know, Phyllis Diller, love you and I love what you did and I thank you for what you did for not only comics but especially female comics like to end with uh, two last lines from Phyllis I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford then I want to move in with them and finally I admit I have a tremendous sex drive my boyfriend lives 40 miles away all right, Phyllis Diller, love you. And if you'd like to catch any of my other Laugh Long and Prosper episodes, voted one of the best podcasts by CTV, check me out at Judy Croon on any of your streaming sources, or you can go to my website, drop me a note at judycroon.com. Until next time, Laugh Long and Prosper. <laughs>